Hey, I'm Jordan Bayek from Foxborough, Massachusetts. I support West Bromwich Albion, and you're listening to the Arsenal podcast. Oh, wait, nope. It's the DU football show. <laughs> yeah, it is typically the pro-Arsenal agenda that is Sam Graham. Uh, well, maybe he should remember the games last 90 minutes, not 45. Well, you know what, Mel? I'm not doing a shot of my lord. Are you doing a shot of my lord? Nope. You know who's doing the first shot of my lord? Neither one of y'all play the champions. You are. So let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right day, yay, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smell of a lord. Look straight in shorts. Sam Graham, hey. Sam Graham. Hello and welcome to the Drunkard United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the always attentive Samuel Graham. Sammy, how's that phone doing? Doing very well, thank you. I was deciding whether or not to start off with the angry face blowjob meme, uh, or if we should just get into what we normally do. The angry face bleed. You know what? Makes all women roll their eyes, makes all guys giggle like they're two-year-olds. That's for damn sure. We have sure. at least six angry uh, reactions on that post <laughs> from all of our idiot friends. <laughs> yes, because we all went, ooh. <laughs> it it does like look he, like that. He, it's an angry blowjob. <laughs> Thank you, Smokey. <laughs> We're recording at Studio H just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with your footballing friends. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Sammy, why don't you tell the good people how they can get in touch? Sure. On all social media, we are at DU Football Show. And then to reach us via email, it is dufootballshow at gmail.com. Unlike most people, we do check our DMs, so make sure you're getting in touch. We love talking to you guys, and we love talking shit. And it's just an enjoyable time. Absolutely. Very well done. Well, Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we've got to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Sammy, what are we drinking? So we have Pierre Ferrand's uh, Renegade Barrel Artisanal Brandy Number 2. Fun fact about this. Uh, it is first age. It is Pierre Ferrand's Grand Champagne Cognac. Right. But it is... Taken out of limousine wood, out of the barrel from limousine, which is mm-hmm. what cognac has to be aged in. 100%. And it is finished in this particular one in a chestnut wood barrel. But cognac can only be aged in limousine wood. It's not like bourbon that has to start in American oak right. for X amount of time. If it touches another piece of wood, this can no longer be called cognac. So this is an artisanal brandy. Yeah. Yeah. Or eau de vive as well. Eau de vie, right? Water well, sounds fancy. Sounds fancier than uh, calling it a brandy. It's also eau de vie du vin. Yeah, so it's very the good. water of life from grapes, yep. from vines or wine. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um. Anyway, it's this is uh, cask number one out of eighteen that mm-hmm. you've procured. Uh, ninety four point two proof, and it'll run seventy nine ninety nine to eighty five ninety nine on the shelf. And. Uh, They've only done a number one release and a number two release. They haven't done anything in a year. I assume that was probably COVID-related. 
uh, yeah, you probably. know, not going to bother doing any special releases during mm. this time period. It's lovely, isn't it? You get that nice candy fruit up front that you get in most uh, brandies and cognacs. That's that's lovely. Gives way to a bit of a rustic flavor, mm-hmm. and then finishes with that little bit of almond on the end. Yeah, I'm impressed. Wine, wine is fine, but brandy is dandy. For fuck sure. <laughs> There you go. You don't remember that old quote? I do not. Uh, it's right. You weren't born then. I remember, you know, that's normally <laughs> shit you don't remember. You know what I do remember? French comedy, I guess inclusive, is, uh, do you remember the, I think it was Mad TV, did the Moe Chandon. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. That's uh, Saturday <laughs> Night Live. It, it was SNL. I couldn't remember because it's an older bit. Vanessa um, Bayer and um, Cecily, Cecily Strong. Strong. Yeah, and they're fucking hammered. Mo, Mo, they're like Mo Shane Chandon. dressed as strippers and yeah. something. And it's always... They're porno actresses. Right. We are here from Versailles. <laughs> they do all kinds of different ones. If you have the Saturday Night Live app, it's worth going back and seeing them all because then they always have whoever the guest guy is to be like a like a male porno actor who's also equally as dumb and normally like. It's like Justin Timberlake getting pushed across on a drink cart too early. And he goes, <laughs> like, did somebody say party? No, right? And they're like, no, not yet. Now. No, not yet. I like, <laughs> I like where he has me to do the girl part. He yeah. still okay. wants to do it. I know. It's it's kind of cute, too, with the hand motions and everything. Well, they did it at the same time. I thought this was <laughs> the, 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 scripted, yeah. scripted improv. Se- oh, yeah. Cecily Strong responding to, like, Vanessa Bayer will always go, I'm so-and-so, right? And then Cecily would say something different every time. And the best one she ever said would be like, you know, I'm so-and-so. I'm I'm Jill whatever. And I did these movies. And I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> Just fucking teeth out laughing. I'm fine, thank you. That's pretty good. <laughs> yes, you are. That is pretty good. Just everybody remember to drink responsibly. How about that? What? Did yeah. you read the note? Because I changed the note. I did read the note. That's what made me think about it. Fucking asshole. All right. Let's have a good show. Then I forgot to do this. Excellent. All right. We open with a couple of ass whoopings, except for the team that was supposed to get them gave them uh, Leicester City 5, Manchester City 2, West Ham 4, Wolverhampton 0. Um, By the way, Leicester City, Sam, um, I'll admit, when I'm wrong, I'm 100% wrong. I had said I wasn't convinced with their first two wins of the season. Uh, you fucking convinced me this week because yeah. you beat the shit out of City. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie Vardy had trick, obviously. Two of those were penalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had Yuri Tillemans with a penalty as well. Oh, yeah, a, a hat trick of penalties. A James Madison <sighs> each, <laughs> each of a goal. That was nasty. Yep. You had uh, Riyad Mahrez. And Nathan Ake, obviously, with Mora's uh, first goal was, was fucking brilliant. Oh. This game was really weird. I think it all changed. It was one one at halftime. Right. Shortly after the uh, after halftime, for whatever reason, not sure why, because I didn't see him get hurt or anything like that. But Pep subbed off Fernandinho, mm-hmm. which without Fernandinho and Rodri together, exposed the fact that there was no America Laporte. Right. Also, and that there's Lester no uh, ate, gun doing as well. Right. And Lester ate them a fucking live. They really did. It was there was, it was insane. Uh, afterwards, I know you wanted to to touch on this. <laughs> oh, definitely. Pep crying, bald fraud. 
Yeah. Pep, pep pulling his best clop, uh-huh. as I like to say, you know? Yeah. Sore, sore loser. Didn't like, didn't appreciate the style in which they played, uh, a la what Klopp did with when they lost to Atletico. Like, oh, you put 11 behind the ball. Hold on. You are a possession-based attacking side. How do you expect a team to play against you? The same the same style of football that you play? Well, you're the best at it. So, why, like, why would you try to beat somebody at their own game? You Absolutely. you slow them down. You frustrate them. You you make it harder, and then you start counterattacking them like crazy, and you expose the weaknesses that were obviously there from a team that you know not make. If he was going to make an excuse, make the excuse that half your fucking starting lineup is not available. That that's an excuse. But to just go, oh, uh, they, I don't appreciate the way they played. It's like, eh, fuck off. Stop being a crybaby. Well, here's the thing. They City, I'll just run through some stats real quick. 71.7% of the ball, according to the Premier League app. Leicester City, 283 obviously. That's the difference between 71.7 and 100. Um, shots on target. City had five. Leicester had seven. Now, they didn't have a recognized striker on the pitch for City. <laughs> right. That shows. They were, it was three penalties, terrible defending. For all three penalties, it was. Uh, oh, yeah. And I think they were all nailed on penalties. Oh, they were justified penalties. Absolutely. Two of them were the exact same thing happening on opposite sides of the box. Right. Um, once to Vardy, once to Madison. Well, and with Vardy in particular, you should know better. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Vardy's a prick and Vardy's a hard man, but Vardy's also a very wily, smart fucking striker. 100%. He feels pressure on his back. He going down, but he also and knows he's, when to go down, and he's gonna get the fucking yeah, call. He knows he's when to going go down. to get the fucking call. Absolutely. So, I mean, honestly, this whole game boiled down to three penalties and four fantastic goals. Yeah. Nathan Ake jumping against that back line uh, for that on the uh, on the corner, it, not very tall. We've said this before. Yeah. How he winds up with so many headed goals is beyond me. How he wins so many aerial duels because he's not the biggest man in the room. He's just a great leaper. I guess, mm-hmm. but it, the whole thing amazed me. The, the I've never seen a Pep Guardiola team capitulate like that. I've never seen Manchester City in in since the Shakes took over capitulate like that. It was it was crazy. Seen but it, good on Leicester. They smelled blood in the water, and they they fucking took it to him. Saw it once. Pep's first year, Everton beat him four to one. Uh, yeah, that, but that that's it. I mean, it since, was it Leicester's title winning season? Right. They uh, mm-hmm. Leicester came and beat him three 0 Right since. Since that four to one loss, they've been nothing but a pitcher perfect team. Like they have mistakes, they have slip ups, but not not like what not happened. Like that. No. no, not like and and uh, credit to you, you did say you fancied a Leicester win on counter attacking. You were like, you know what, I less you know like I see a three to two Leicester. You said that on uh, on uh, our Patreon show, you know. So it what could, I didn't know was Benjamin Mendy wouldn't learn from Kyle Walker. <laughs> right, <laughs> do the same damn thing. Yeah, it just, it's it, absolutely insane. Shame for Jamie Vardy got subbed off just before that last penalty was given away, or he would have had a, a haul also. Yeah, he would have pulled, he would have pulled a son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Da- yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Now, the, the things you have to wonder now is there's players on that team that City would probably like to offload. But when seven regularly starting players are all out via injury or COVID because they're going to all the, apparently all the guys from PSG like to lick each other's faces and then they all go play for France and then they lick each other's faces and then everybody just starts passing the COVID. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the so will they be able to sell the people they want to sell, a la like a John Stones, or or at least loan out, say a John Stones type? Not right now because they're already complaining about not being able to get people in due to COVID and budget restriction. And I was about to say, are we yeah. about to see them overspend on Monday for a few people? Uh, do you do you Absolutely. see them being like, oh shit, we need to recover. Yep. We're going to buy a bunch of fucking people. We're going to buy a bunch of people right fucking now. Yep. I think one of them is already uh, starting to come in. Nicholas Odomendi going the other way. I can't remember the player, honestly, off the top of my head. It's a player from uh, a defender from Benefica, I Maybe. believe. Yeah. That Because he be. even gave his post compressor after their final game, the the last game we played with them, basically saying bye. Right. So yeah, I, I don't um, so, know who it is specifically. Forgive me for not knowing. Yeah, no, me, me either. I, I didn't have a chance today to look it up, uh, but I did hear that uh, a couple of pundits talking about that player today and how, I mean, unproven in the Premier League, but the last few um, that have come from Benfica to the Premier League have been ready-made. Right, pretty a, much. A great club for, for development and everything else um, with playing styles that suit Germany, uh, Spain, England, People that are players that are able to adapt. Yeah, Benfica um, and Porto. I mean, just look at look at Wolves. Is half of the fucking <clears throat> old Benfica side. Right, precisely. <laughs> I cre- finally before we go into the next match, credit where credits due. Leicester now finds themselves top of the fucking table and deserve it. Yeah, on goal difference. Uh, yeah. but yeah, absolutely deserve it. It was it was fantastic. It really was. It was a great performance. Uh, again, I don't know what Pep Guardiola is whining about. There are many different types of ways to play football. Has he never watched Jose Mourinho, who's the antithesis to his tiki-taka, free-flowing, do-what-you-got-to-do football? Jose Mourinho's parked the bus. You remember his Chelsea days. Is, is, right. There's parked the bus, hit him on the break, win 1-0. That's, that's the deal. Right. There's multiple ways to get a job done. Has he never played against Burnley? Do you know what I mean? And you have you know, oh, the he, best counterattacking player. He does. Player. They beat him 5 nothing all the time. Right. You have the most ruthless counter-attacking player in the country. Somebody that drinks vodka soaked with Skittles and chases it with Red Bull. (laughs) So his vodka tastes like Skittles. Jamie fucking Vardy. His middle name is a swear word because he's such a prat. And you're going to complain about the style of football they play? No. Fuck off, mate. Do better. End of story. All right, so moving on to the next one. The newest member, uh, along with City, Uh to the FDP of the Premier League. The fuck defense party. Heard. (laughs) Very true. So all West Ham needed to do was not sign any players, sell away young talent, (laughs) have their coach contract COVID and coach from home. That's the formula, apparently, for a winning side. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I do want to know... Who ferries the ferryman if the ferryman kicks it? I well, I'm kind of feeling bad for him because so do I. He I made feel very it bad through for the bad part of COVID and volunteered his fucking time. <laughs> yeah, and it gets <laughs> and it on the tail end. Like, yeah, the fuck. <laughs> I also uh, would like to to thank David Moyes for being the highest profile um, person that has successfully shown that working from home can possibly be more efficient than working at the office (laughs) (laughs) because his West Ham team were absolutely fantastic. Apparently, maybe it's just his accent. Maybe it's Stuart Pierce talking to the players through David David, David Moyes talking to the players through Stuart Pierce. Maybe they could actually understand him. There are a load of foreigners on there, and David Moyes does have a 
a bit of an accent to he, him. He does have uh, that Scottish brogue. <laughs> so maybe that that that's it. Um, a couple of really fantastic goals in this. Wolves never got out of first gear. 62% of the ball, but two very tame shots on target. And that was it. It was all West Ham. <laughs> it was all West Ham. Wolves yep. had the ball. They did absolutely fuck all with it. To the point where Sebastian Allaire, who didn't really hit the ground running right. when he signed, didn't even need to jump to score the header he scored to round out the scoring. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Well, is Gerard Bowen. Bowen with two. Oh, fantastic goals as well. Yep. Um, just dragged his defender and uh, into the path uh, of Rui Patricio so he couldn't see the shot. Very weird angle for it to come in. Great left-footed strike. Uh, and then the second one wasn't so bad either. So do we think that this is the exception, not the rule for West Ham? Or yes. do we? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, there's still a lot of problems that need to be addressed and fixed. But we, we talked about it a little bit last week and how well they played against Arsenal. They're still a professional football side. They still have some very good players on that team. They're going to show up. It's not like they're just going to step out of the way and let you beat them. Now, if this is April and they're sitting in 20th place, maybe those guys don't fucking care anymore. But you got to show up. And here's the problem with Wolves. Wolves haven't fucking shown up yet. They show up for spurts. They, they showed up for the very opening of, of Sheffield. They showed up for a little bit of the second half against uh, City. I think part of, just not showing up at all. I think part of it is they're tired. I mean, we do all spoke about their season lasted longer than a year. Mm-hmm. So they had very little time off. Secondly, I think Diogo Jota was underrated with how much he did. True. A lot of people think the pass before the pass and Jean Moutinho was the thing that got everything done. But Diogo Jota was a very willing runner and much more skilled than Ruben Neves or um, Pedro Neto. Right. Also, the person brought in to replace him, the Barcelona lad, who they got for 40-odd million, which is a great coup for the club, just not betted in yet. Right. I think when we see when we see him bet in a bit more, I think you'll see the Wolves that we started to see last season. And if... I don't know how many of the internationals coming up are competitive for any of those players. But I could see uh, Nuno kind of asking his players not to participate. Right. Take a as break. long as they're not competitive games or maybe only participate in one, especially right. for somebody like Jimenez, who's going to have to fly all the fuck the way back over to Mexico. And either I don't know who they play next time, but it, you're traveling across the world. It's what everybody says. Burned out Alexis Sanchez. Right. He never missed an international first country unless he was absolutely 100 percent injured. Right. And he would have to fly all the fuck the way from England to Chile. Yeah. And it's like, mate, you're going to kill yourself. Right. You know, and, precisely. And then he started to play like shit and hasn't been right since. Not really a surprise. Yeah. Very true. Um, Triori, do you think he should be starting or do you think his impact is so much greater when he comes off the bench? His impact is much greater when he comes off the bench because everybody's already tired. But I think he he needs... Starting a game and being the sixth man in basketball are two totally different things. True. You know, um, when you lose that starter, you don't necessarily have the same cohesiveness. You don't have the same cohesiveness for a length of time. All of those sorts of things. And it's the same thing when you're the 12th man in football. If you come in, you know, those free-flowing games. Obviously, there's plays in basketball, but not like there is in football. Uh, American football. You know what I mean? Uh, American football is very plug-and-play. 
Right. Of course. Not not the same thing in real football because of of exactly it's so free flowing. It's so based on relationships and and ideas and feeling and you know instinctiveness that you just you can't plug and play. You have to spend time with these players. And if you're coming in, you might be able to get by on the playground for 20 minutes, but it'll become very apparent that you all don't know each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I feel like they already know him they very should, they, well. They should. Yeah, but starting versus coming in for 20 minutes when the defense is already fatigued and you you know, I said you don't have to prove it over 90 minutes. There were flashes of of stuff that he did that was good. Of course. Right. But did it total more than 20 minutes? I guarantee you it didn't. Well, and that's why I wonder maybe maybe his best spot is being a super sub that's off what, the bench, yeah, absolutely. being the game-changing impact player. 100%. I'm not saying that he isn't deserving of being a starter. His talent warrants that. But are his talents being used to the best of his ability no. when he's starting? Someone who's fast and as strong and as skilled as he is, if you pay attention to him for the first 20 minutes of the game, and you can slow him down. You can frustrate him. You can change it. And that just seemed very... If, just something that's been running through my head a little I bit. I gotcha. No. West Ham, th- this was all fucking smoke and mirrors, right? Yeah, pretty much. So two of the, quote, big six sides escape with results, and their opponents have to have every right to be crying conspiracy for the larger clubs. Chelsea 3, West Brom 3, Manchester United 3, Brighton 2. Baggies take a quick 3-0 lead and then only watch it slip away. Something I wanted to say before you get into it, Sam, is last week we talked about their resolve. Kieran Gibbs gets the red card. They showed nothing. They capitulated as Everton walked right over them, despite the fact that they tied the game in the second half. There were yellow cards in this match. Yep. The boys fought. Mm -hmm. Sawyer, who was no better than pedestrian in the first two matches as a central midfielder, was very much an impact and had his part on the game. So when you're looking at West Brom, you you blew a 3-0 lead, and that's something you need to learn from. But that's encouraging. There There is encouragement in that because the first half, you took who is a team that, quote, could challenge for the title, mm-hmm. and you fucking thumped them. Absolutely. You fuck, I mean, inexplicably thumped them. I thought the most fascinating thing of this was Kepa being dropped mm-hmm. and Willie Caballero starting and then essentially gifting a 3-0 lead. Yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, they're, they're deserved goals. He didn't. He, well, <laughs> Tiago th- Silva gifted them one. Oh, yeah. I'd, but, blame, I'd blame the defense far more yeah, than I than would I'd blame, blame Willie Caballero. Yeah. On the other piece of it, that Chelsea didn't lose anything because of Kepa not being there. Kepa wouldn't have gotten any of that shit either. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference? Who cares? Well, and Kepa, that's clearly he's been moved to the bench. He will not be the keeper any longer. I they've, don't think so. And they're, they're signed still the new, t- they've signed the did new they keeper. Sign him? Yep. Yeah. Mendy that, uh, from uh, Ren. He's yep. been signed. And all fingers have pointed at him starting the next fucking match. Uh, I do have another piece that I noticed. A new contender for meathead of the league. Okay. Chris Wood currently holds that title for me, at least, yes. as the meathead of the league. Is it Callum Robinson that scored the first two goals, right? Yes. Yeah, his eyes are way too close together. Just screams meathead to me. <laughs> you know what that is? 
waiver wire nine <laughs> points for your boy over here in fantasy football. Fucking bullshit. Holla at your boy. Fucking, fucking bullshit. Ho- holla at your boy. Um, you know, honestly, in the, in that regards too. Yes, it was three Chelsea mistakes that led to three goals. Yep. But credit to West Brom, the mistakes happened. They fucking pounced on it and they capitalized. Particularly the Tiago Silva, you know, old man Walker couldn't get his cane moving fast <laughs> enough to get to the ball. That was terrible. Robinson took the ball right off his foot and was fucking gone. It was gone. Absolutely. Gone. Sidestepped him well. Everything. Gone. Yep. Bottom corner on the ground going away from the keeper. Like that's textbook great, exactly yeah. the way you're supposed to fucking do it. 100 percent They were great finishes. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's a meathead. Uh, um Hudson Adoy completely changes the game. Yes. That 100%. Game completely and changes because of Hudson Adoy. That was gonna be my next interesting point when Chelsea yeah. got back into the game. Was the three young now Kai Havertz had an assist. Uh the the new boys played their part in in all this. Right. But the three finishes came from the three young, highly praised English talent that played all of last season when Chelsea had a transfer ban. Abraham, and, Mount, Adoy. And Hudson Adoy. And the I what I think is, is these Frank showed the faith last season. He not well, I think Mason Mount may have been carrying a little injury to start the season, but the mm-hmm. other two weren't, for sure. Right. And um I think he has not shown the faith this season as he should have. I think they deserve to play. Now, he is under pressure because they spent big on Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. $300 million in new signings. Right, and Zayek hasn't Fuck. even started yet. Zayek's still injured. <laughs> um, so, and Pulisic's hurt. There's a lot of competition for those places. And these three English lads really showed that they, they may deserve that place. Because if it was not for them, Chelsea would have lost this game. Oh, actually, if it were for VAR doing their job, as they, I guess you could say, to the letter of the law, did in these other games. Right. We'll get to that in just a second. I was going to mention Lampart seems to have all the pieces he needs, but no ability to put together a puzzle right now. Yeah, it's I I think it's just new manager growing. Yeah, honestly, it's do you think maybe ownership gave him a little too much? Could maybe be. they should have. Maybe they should have let him work with what he had, and maybe well, a piece here or, just, or a piece yeah, there. Just add one or add the other. I think part of the problem is when some of these players become available, you have to snap them up. Of course, because if you need to pick them up two years down the line, this would be one hundred and thirty million. In a case like Timo Werner would have gone to your direct rival in Liverpool, right? So you, they had to make, make that. Play they had happen. to make that move. But the other thing is a thirty-six-year-old Thiago Silva, who I think will turn thirty-seven in a couple of weeks is not the fucking answer to your defense. Oh, exactly. We said this at the start. It's not the answer to the defense. He'll be great in training to help along some of the younger boys, <laughs> but he's only going to be able to teach them if they make mistakes. And well, and those younger guys weren't god-awful. I'd put more of it no, on yeah. Kepa than I would necessarily on, on yeah, Ruder, Zuma, Rudiger, and yeah. Christensen. Like, Absolutely. I'd put I mean, it, it more do- on them. Like I said, it doesn't more on hurt. The keeper, I mean. It doesn't hurt to have Tiago Silva around the place. They had vastly experienced, played over 100 times for Brazil, won some a, a lot of things in his career. Also noticeable thing, you realized he was on the pitch, first game in a Chelsea uniform, they slapped the fucking armband on him. Yeah. I know. Especially I think you, it's you, a slap you, in the face to some of the other boys that have been there and done it for the last couple of seasons. Make Conte started. His, put, make, put the fucking armband on Conte. He's lifted a fucking cup for you. You got to make him <laughs> make Tiago earn his stripes. Don't God, let him Jesus. walk in. Don't let him walk in like a Sunday stroll, like he, and then see what happens. It's all it's all mentality. Speaking man. of stripes, the new uh, palate cleansing sorbet uniform of the year would go to uh, Chelsea. 
Oh, you mean the Crystal Palace uniform they got off them uh, at <laughs> the end of last season? That's hot pink with blue. <laughs> <laughs> Why white socks? Like, you have, like, at Who least knows? go ahead and go the full nine, like, you know, well, Manchester Chelsea- City did, and then they had, like, neon socks that went yeah. into the pink, the, that went into the orange. And the Tequila and, Sunrise shirts. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, this this is a travesty to, to football kits, much like the, the Zebra Manchester United kit. It's um, It'll go down as one of the worst kits in history. Absolutely. Now, um... The handball. West Brom was flat out hard done. Uh, yep. and, and we're going to get more into the rule when we get into, oh, so that happened because the, the new handball rule directly affected two of those games far more than it affected this. But by rationale, if your hand is away from the body, which it was in the case of him, it hit his, it hit his arm inside the box, then fell to a defensive player who went to clear it. The ball didn't get cleared. Shot comes on, keeper saves it, Abraham there for the tap-in. We saw VAR last season go to the other end of the fucking pitch and 40 seconds removed from a fucking goal to overturn it. Yep. How do you look past this? So they changed the rule in the summer. Right, Again, of course. Quote, well, so, excuse me, they didn't change it. They quote-unquote clarified it. We'll, we'll uh, they talk about the that language. in the next segment. Right, so that's. Uh, I guess we'll get into that. <laughs> Right. This when but, we get into that, because I think that that's going to be something that directly <coughs> falls in line with this. How did Let, v, how did VAR not look at that? Because the other ones, I'll, the I other think ones they I'll did get, and decided not to do anything about it. That's where I'm getting at, because what same thing would happen today with Diogo Jota right. for Liverpool. They looked at it and decided not to do anything about it. Right. But then they look at other impact games and one would say it was lesser. Uh, clubs quote lower in the table clubs that had the calls go against them mm-hmm. for clubs that are uh, quote big six or higher end clubs. I that's it, it just if they're going to follow the letter of the rule and like I said we'll get to it but if they're going to follow the letter of the rule why wasn't it followed in all circumstances? Well, you that's know? the conundrum of VAR since it's been implemented. Uh, but I would I would certainly say West Brom you didn't deserve to lose it. No. I, I mean to draw it. You didn't. The, the positive. Not. The positive. Take take the point. That's a big point, right? That's someone you weren't expecting to get a point off of in the first place. Take the point. Don't look at it as three points lost. Take it. Use it. Learn. Know that you've shown some resolve. Know that the team's starting to grow into their own. And you got to find another second central midfielder. You you have to. But it's. Giving away a three nothing lead is somehow still encouraging, in in that regard. Yeah, absolutely, West it absolutely. I is. mean, it's just like you get stomped seven 0 in the first half, and then you come back and you win quote unquote the second half three nothing and lose seven three. Take the positives from the second half and roll that into an education. Yeah, the same thing. First half, take those positives. Say this is what we did well, and then just remember that the clock didn't fucking stop, assholes. Right, <laughs> precisely. Brighton completely dominated Manchester United. 1,000%. What was it? Five posts? Five right? posts. Trissard, Trissard had a hat trick of posts. Yeah. A hat trick of posts. Three, uh, three fucking posts. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Neil Makeless and his Penenka. Yep. Cheeky. Love the fact that De Gea grabbed the ball in the back of the net, threw it at Neil Makeless. Because <laughs> he was bitter. He was bitter. Bitter because he showed him up. Yeah, love it. I also, I also love the fact of who committed that foul. Was it Bruno Fernandez? Wasn't it? Oh my God! The guy who always seems to get the penalties actually gave up one. Yeah, it was Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, what he is took this down- upside down world? What a start to the season for Tarek Lamptey. 
oh, young player. Oh, my God, yes, he's from been Chelsea. Brilliant. He's been one of the best players for uh, Brighton so far this season. Absolutely. You know, just really, the, the, the sad part for Brighton was is they were clearly the better side, but they also pushed tempo, which also got them in trouble. So the second goal that Manchester United scored to, to take the lead initially was because, frankly, Brighton was pushing it too hard and left themselves open on the back end for a for a very easy counter and a very schoolyard looking goal on their defense where Absolutely. Rashford just cutting it back and forth, watching their guys slide in front of them and then just tucks it away. Yeah, and let me see. That was yeah, three defenders and the goalkeeper were all at sixes and sevens, but he still needed a deflection to take it past Matt Ryan. <laughs> that which is basically how Manchester United's uh season is going thus far. Right. I would also say that Manchester United were very lucky, albeit soft, but we've seen these given. Uh, Paul Pogba taking down Aaron Connolly yeah. in the box. I'm surprised that didn't get looked at a little harder and and uh, and became a penalty. It was funny. They were like, oh, he was trying to get out of his way. I was like, yeah, he was trying to get out of his way. By going after, through him. After his chest hit his back and he leaned on him, Pogba threw up his arms and tried to spin away. It was right. like... The contact was already done. I was a little surprised that, uh, I, I mean, again, if that's on the other end of the field and somebody does that, the Pogba, is that called a penalty? And I hate to say, probably. I think so, especially if it's at Old Trafford. Sully March uh, found himself in a position ahead on the equalizer deep into stoppage time. A big time defensive mishap by Manchester United. Sully March wide open and the cross clearing everybody in the middle, finding it right to him. Just a simple little <laughs> header to the near post. Bang. What you're worried about. And that should be it. I went back and watched between them scoring the game tying goal yep. and getting back to the the center circle yep. to kick off took exactly 20 seconds. Yep. Why were there two fucking extra minutes added to the fucking game, Sam Graham? Because it's Manchester fucking United. Two extra fucking minutes. Here, here's the thing. The penalty uh-huh. was a penalty. He handled the ball. He stuck out his hand. He was doing it purposely. You think he 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 makes it kind of look like he's not, but it was. It was right. a handball. Yep. Here's the problem. It should have never been called because the game should have, should been, have been fucking over. over. Absolutely. Completely I, agree. It takes 20 seconds. Okay, so, okay, then by that rationale, maybe a referee adds another minute to a match because a goal was scored. I'm gonna that would then be something. the 96th minute. Even, I'm gonna check the penalty was called quick. at what time, Sam? 97. Okay, so the, game, so the game should have already been fucking over, right? I think the game was over. It should have been over. I think we, the game was over, yeah. and VAR said, no, wait a second. There was it, an infringement about 12 seconds right. before you blew the whistle. I, I'm not going to... Again, see. this is one where I'm not going to bl necessarily blame VAR because VAR's job is to find things. What should have nope, happened didn't, was... Didn't happen. I just looked up an interesting fact, which yeah. sometimes can, you know, things can happen. Now, I don't know when, I think it was in the 90th minute. I don't think it was in stoppage time because it would normally say this. Manchester United made a double change right at 90 minutes. Brighton only made two substitutions and they were both in the 74th minute. So then there's... So there was no subs even after the goal to shore things up or do anything else. They so stayed no reason. No, no reason for and, there to be two extra minutes added on to a nine to a already five minute stoppage time game. Nothing. 
whatsoever, Ooh. other than it's Manchester fucking United. Stupidest thing in the world that I think Fergie refs time. that I think refs do on a regular. Well, why the fuck does a Norwegian school teacher deserve fucking Fergie time? Because he's not fucking Fergie, man. Because Fergie's a fucking prick. <laughs> And Fergie would be in a referee's ear uh-huh. talking him off, and and like I mean, you you have you, you hate Fergie for the fact that he did it, but you have to honor the genius and realize oh, 100%. he's a fucking mastermind at doing it. The the gym teacher was over in the corner pulling his fucking pud. Yeah, just going, <laughs> oh no, what are we gonna do <laughs> now? <laughs> I gotta figure out what's gonna happen. This is like <laughs> a bad Saturday Night Live bit. I, how did how do you get that 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 respect level? It shouldn't have happened. Here's the thing that I'm I'm can, really I having just, a problem with. I'm sorry, I just had a daydream of like <laughs> things going wrong on the pitch, like Saturday Night Live, right? right? Things going wrong on the pitch in a fake football match, and then panning over to the sideline, and Ole wearing leader hose, going, "Oh no, what do we gotta do now?" <laughs> I can feel our Norwegian numbers dropping as you guys keep talking. Well, they're probably gobshites and copites and li- and like Liverpool, so they can fuck themselves. Anywho, <laughs> referees like to do this kind of thing where teams attack, and until the defending team clears the ball, they don't blow the whistle. I'm sorry, when the time is up, blow the fucking whistle, unless there's a guy running on a fast break one-on-one. But outside of that, if you take a corner kick and they knock it out to the 18... Blow the fucking whistle. Was it Game's West, fucking over. Was it West Brom that was pushing and they just ended up passing around the box and the ref finally had enough of it and just blew the whistle anyway? I don't recall. It was somebody this weekend was probably pushing. West Ham. Yeah. Probably West it Ham. It was somebody. Yeah. I uh, know. I want to say it was a team that was tying that could have won <laughs> or something could have happened, but they were passing mm-hmm. the I think it was West Brom. It might have been West Brom. Okay. They were passing the ball around the box looking for an opportunity to cross in or, or put a pass into the box. And the referee was letting him go, and it was about thirty seconds past time. And finally, he was just like, "Fuck it!" Yeah, well, <laughs> and blew just, the whistle. I, I'm but he sorry. Was trying to like, guys, if you want the last chance, fucking go ahead. It's and then they didn't do it. It's plus five minutes. I can give you a minute for the goal. I can give you a minute for the goal. Fine, one minute for the goal. It, just because they're pressing doesn't mean they deserve any more. Oh, great! Guess what they should have done? They should have pressed the other ninety-five fucking minutes of the fucking match. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, seriously, I, Brighton got screwed. Brighton flat out got Brighton screwed. Brighton absolutely got screwed, but it was more about the penalty, in my opinion, than it was about the extra time. Well, the extra time was the fuck up. Rounding out the rest of the league and, oh, handballs. I mean, so that happened. <laughs> oh, when handballs happened. <laughs> when handballs happened. <laughs> Everton 2, Palace 1, Spurs 1, Newcastle 1, Southampton 1, Burnley 0, Leeds 1, Sheffield 0. Aston Villa three, Fulham nil, Liverpool three, Arsenal one. Um, I'm going to take these first two games and put them together because I think they're very similar. And it's also because I just want to rail about this handball rule. Um, Palace and Spurs were clearly hard done. Uh, Newcastle will gladly take the stolen point. Everton are off to a three and zero start. Now let's talk about the fucking shitty handball rule. Um, so most managers have come out and. Uh, I think of Roy Hodgson, Steve Bruce from this game, Jose Mourinho from this game. He got the draw and came out against it. Well, he said, obviously, it's fantastic for us to to steal a point here. That's that's a great result for the club, but I don't feel comfortable winning like this. Well, or, yep. well not winning, but I don't feel comfortable profiting from this. Well, he said, eventually, it's going to happen it's to gonna us. It's going to happen to us, and I don't want that either. 
Jose Mourinho said something about boxes and used the word box eight times in a single <laughs> sentence. Right. It's boxes in terms of boxes and on top of boxes, and ours is a very special box. Box. Well, well I just love the fact that the box. Minute, the, minute, <laughs> <laughs> the minute that the foul happened, he just walked out. He was like, yeah, he just as, soon, like as soon as there was out. the penalty, he just walked out he the tunnel. Left. He was like, fuck, fuck this. That. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Done. I got to go write something about boxes I'm, down. I'm going to punch the center referee. I'm just <laughs> yeah. I'm going to punch him. It is time to walk away. I thought he was going to walk to Stotley Park and beat the shit out of whoever the VAR was. <laughs> I thought that's where he was going. Um, so apparently the, the ruling has been changed. And the idea is, is that if the arm is in any kind of an unnatural position, it does not matter if there is intent or not. If a defending, if a defending player, the ball hits his arm in any way, shape or form, then it is considered a handball. No. Unnatural position. In an, uh, yeah. In an, I unnat- said that in an unnatural silhouette, whatever that means. Because technically, if your arm can make that motion, it is natural. We're, right. We're, we're actually organic, all of us. Where where <laughs> Ward steps and balances himself and has his arms wide because he's balancing himself. Yeah. And the ball, like, trust me, I'm happy for the three points. I'll take it. I feel like if we weren't up two to one, we might have dirty. We might have pushed the uh, the game a little bit more, but that shouldn't have been a handball. It shouldn't have been a penalty. Dyers should not have been no. a handball. He's getting pushed in the back. He's jumping, so he's using his arms for leverage, and he wasn't even facing the ball when it hit his arm. The ball had passed him. He under jumped, I guess you'd say. He wasn't high enough. It hit, uh, was it Callum Wilson? Yeah. Or no, it was Andy Carroll. Yeah. Andy who headed Carroll. it down. And it hit Dyer on his elbow as he's coming down. And he was actually on his right elbow. He was turning his head left to see if Andy Carroll still had the ball. Yeah. He was anybody- jumping. I, 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 I challenge anybody to try to jump in the air with their hands at their side and see how high you get. I would have rather, if I was a Newcastle fan, and I know this sounds bad, I said this to Russ today. Russ called me today mm-hmm. to wish me good luck in, in our game, and I, I him. And I said, I have the sneaking suspicion that our game's going to be marred by one of these types of bullshit. And I'm not happy about it. I don't want that. And I don't know which way it's going to go. He, and he was like, I completely agree. Anybody that likes this sport let alone loves this sport as we do, hates the way this rule is being handled, hates the way VAR is taking care of it. It's taking drama out of the game, in my opinion. Right. It's adding in frustration, and it's adding in... This is the biggest sport for feelings, emotions, fluidity, and gracefulness. And Mm. it's making it a black-and-white letter-of-the-law issue, which is bullshit. Yeah, I don't like it. F- funny in the Everton Palace match, the two handballs that weren't called were because the arms were at the side. I would debate those were more handballs than the one that was called a handball. They gained they gained an advantage from yeah. it because yeah. the first one Ward did, he had his arms at his side, but he definitely threw out the arm to get in the way. And then uh, Calvin Lewin in the middle of the box, the ball comes up to him. He has his arms at his side, but he definitely curves his arm in to knock it down. A- you. Your match, to, your match today, the ball hits him in the stomach. It rolls up. He takes his arm and curls it in just a little to let it fall to the ground. But his arms are at his side, so I guess it's not a handball. Kai Havertz. 
Arm was well, out. Arm was out. Controlled but, the ball, but there was two or three touches prior to the goal. Jota's. But apparently now not a handball. Jota's was led directly to a goal. Following that touch, he volleyed it into the far corner. But then if it was a defender who had done that, it would have been a handball in in either one of those circumstances. So defenders have a different role than an attacker on the field. That just doesn't seem right. Yeah, it's bullshit. I I, I don't like it. It's it's taken the emotion out of the game for me, and it's made it too too black and white, too letter of the law, and I I don't like it. What I was going to say was if I was a Newcastle supporter, I would have preferred to debate that over the water water cooler in the morning and not gotten the call. Yeah. It just makes you feel dirty. I don't like it. It it just sucks. And and I'm saying this as an Arsenal supporter, so it pegs Spurs back. Yeah. Obviously, I was happy about it, but at the same time, I'd look at it. It's like, I don't want to win like that. I, I'm a competitor. I, I, if I'm not, I'm honest. If I'm nothing else, and it, it's just, it's, it's not in the competitive spirit of the game, and I don't like it. All right, so let's go ahead and combine the next two matches together as well, uh, because there's just a lot of similarities to it. Uh, Burnley and Sheffield are off to god awful starts. Oh, I did forget one thing. I'm yes, sorry, please. Jose Mourinho's quote. Besides the boxes and boxes and boxes, uh-huh. because that didn't directly reference anyone. They were pressing him on complaining about the FA the implementation of the rules specifically, and the referee. And he said, uh, I'm not going to comment on that because if I give money away, I prefer to give it to charity and not to the FA. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, just, I, I oh, forgot to read it. Yeah. Which is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> oh, Burnley, Sheffield off to terrible starts. And both the Saints and Leeds have tidy wins. Saints do it early. Leeds do it late. First, Burnley and, and Sheffield. I fell asleep twice. It was a very drab game. Both was not. I was not happy about it. No, no. It was, just, it was not the spectacle that the Premier League promises every weekend to throw up on television. This game, I think this game was on Peacock, right? Uh yeah. Well, hopefully, you save the five dollars <laughs> <laughs> this month. It was not worth it. Uh, it was not worth it. But the, like I actually wrote here, there is, as with most Burnley games, just not a ton to talk about. <laughs> Sorry, that's true. It's true. Uh, Burnley's Southampton very professional. Uh, Burnley in real deal trouble, and and Southampton finally got their W. Finally got what they, you know, the reward for all the hard work they've been doing thus far, which is good. Now you need to build upon this and not capitulate again and find yourself in a losing situation, right? Which you can easily do. Mm -hmm. Burnley's in real, real trouble. Uh, yes. you, you and I were talking about it. You're, you were saying you think uh, Dyche might be the first to go. Could be the first one sacked. There was rumors of trouble in the dressing room prior to this season. Right. Uh, and the way that they've started is not good. Not good at all. Nope. Uh-uh. Leeds, a shutout. I know. Robin Cock and his defense found themselves quite erect uh, when it came to repelling the Sheffield United um, <laughs> attack. Uh but also, at the same time, um, he himself was a bit more flaccid uh, and moldable because um, he didn't give away a penalty this week. <laughs> <laughs> you just love doing the dick jokes to get Mel's reaction, don't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. <laughs> Those will not be show titles. <laughs> okay. Sure they won't. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I have to tell you, there's, there's something new in my life that's completed me. What's that? I hate to admit it, when when lead scores and Bielsa stands up and walks around in circles, the opposite direction of his team, <laughs> stares at his feet and starts mumbling, 
it somehow centers me, Sam. <laughs> Bielsa centers me. I don't know how. It's strange. <laughs> just, just an old senile Argentinian walking around talking to his feet somehow just calms me. <laughs> it really does. That's fantastic. I think we're getting a glimpse into Houston's future. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. Absolutely. absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. I think you're 100% right. Should DU ever take the field again, and should you guys score a goal, I am definitely going to walk around in circles and look at my feet and talk to myself. That is definitely fucking now, happening. There's nothing else that explains where we are in our lives more than the two conversations we just had. <laughs> you are finding pleasure. Well, to be honest, I find it funny, but not as much pleasure as you do. Watching an old man, literally a glimpse into his future, watching an old man walk around, stare at his feet, and talk to himself at the same time, I'm making dick jokes <laughs> because of a German man named Robin Koch. Yes. Or dare I say, put the condom on Sheffield United's attack. <laughs> it's just not going to get old for you, is it? Not, not going to get old at all. Not a chance. I'm only 34. I have time. Penis jokes always funny, apparently. <laughs> always fucking funny. Uh, Villa jumped to a quick lead and completely fucking dominate. I didn't even get my beer posted on social media before Jack Grealish went, Doink. Here's my money. Boop. Well, fantastic finish as oh, well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and a, good a game. wonderfully timed run uh, and fantastic ball. It, it was perfectly timed. It was, I mean, it wasn't weighted, but it was a, a measured ball. Um, didn't skid off the turf away from him. It was, it was brilliant. And he looked up, saw where the keeper was and went low as opposed to trying to go over the top of him because of the position he was in. It was, it was fantastic. New center back, Adoy for Fulham. Has his name called more than Mitrovic. That's a fucking problem. Yeah, it's a big time problem. Uh, now, clearly, they need to learn each other and figure out how to work together, but they got to figure it out fucking quick because they're going to be in a world of hurt if they don't. Do you want to know what the, the worst part about what you just said was? What's that? Is Villa only had 35% of the ball officially. <laughs> really? And the center back from Fulham's name is being called more than Alexander Mitrovic when they had 65% possession. Uh-huh. It shows you how wow. little they did with that. Shows you how much better our defense has gotten. Absolutely. But, I mean, you know, only having that much of the ball, you Villa were far more the dangerous side. Yeah. Just in general. Um, a great layoff yeah. from John McGinn for her hands uh, for oh, the second goal. Gorgeous second goal. What a beautiful wall pass. That would well, be... not even a wall pass. It was literally just a, a deadening of the ball. Just stopped it for him. For Hurahan running on. It was it yeah. was perfect wall play. Hurahan. Hurahan. Sorry. Ha, I um, learned how to pronounce that one. Yeah, and and uh, McGinn uh, looked good. He had a cute little whoop whoop spinny thing that was just marvelous. Little whoop whoop spinny thing. It that is great. the kind of technical analysis you look for here at the Drunken United Football Show. What do you call whoop, that? Whoop whoop spinny thing. What do you call that movie? Did whoop whoop spinny thing? Apparently, well, listen. Let me tell you something. If we're not gonna make the show title a dick joke, it's definitely whoop whoop spinny thing. Heard. <laughs> it's definitely whoop whoop spinny thing. Heard. Which, in my mind is another dick joke. <laughs> Especially if we talk to the Newcastle fan that celebrated with the uh, uh, cock copter yep. <laughs> uh, at the end of <laughs> in the league, uh, was it an FA Cup last season? Uh, <laughs> That's nope. definitely a whoop whoop spinning thing. Exactly. <laughs> he probably went whoop whoop as he was as doing he the did spinning it, yeah. thing. <laughs> Maybe his wife did. You couldn't ask for a better start. He started spinning. Woop woop! You hear from the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> you you couldn't ask for a better start for Villa. That's that's two big wins. Absolutely. Games you need to win if you want to stay up. That's that's games you have to win. And as a whole, the pieces they've added are really adding to the club. 
And honestly, a healthy McGinn makes a big, big, big difference. Big, a healthy big Hurahan. difference. Hurahan makes a big difference. Howahan. Makes a big, big difference yes. as well. He was injured for large parts of last season. Yeah. Watkins um, looked real good. He didn't get a goal, but man, he was trying and he's yeah. going to get it. It's only game two. And he's young. Yeah. Ollie Watkins, still a young yeah. lad. Um, had a, put himself in good positions, mm-hmm. blazed over a couple times. Per, a perfect um, scenario would have been right at the keeper. Perfect scenario would have been one of those goals was on his foot. Yeah. That would have been a perfect case scenario. But he's doing a lot of a lot of hard work and he's being rewarded for it. I mean, his team are playing well around him. Weak leak today was target. He's usually the weak link. At one point, Mings went, what the fuck, Matt? <laughs> nice. Like, you could clearly hear and see that. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Target always looks. He's starting to look outclassed with uh, the players they've picked up. And fucking Matty Cash is worth everything we got him for. Well, yeah. the good thing is you'll never have to see Gilbert again unless somebody gets hurt. Oh, yes. He was oh. a mess. Yeah. He, he was. was an absolute mess. Definitely. Um, hey, Sam, this just in. Newsflash. Liverpool's good. Yeah. They're really good. They are really good. They're really fucking good. Um, they have woken up from their drunken slumber uh, mm-hmm. post winning the title last season. And all they did is improve their side. Yeah. They took they took who were bit players on their bench, and now those are bit players in their reserves, and they can use them when they need them. Yep. And they added solid, good, solid players to create real competitions for spots. Absolutely. Jordan Henderson is going was was up for player of the year this past year, and he's going to find it very hard to get into that team when healthy. 100%. As soon as uh, Tiago Alcantara is healthy, he's, he's going to find it difficult. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. And I mean, Jordan Henderson's getting up in age anyway. I mean, the only right. person that, that really can still go is James Milner. <laughs> and, and look at that now. Milner becomes a guy that you use for very specific situations. Absolutely. Oh, uh, we need... So uh, one of our one of our Leeds two is, Leeds just scored their third, and we need to shore shit up and be assholes. <laughs> yeah. Hey James, go kick a fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Come in here and assert your dominance. <laughs> yeah, that's you're absolutely right, hundred percent. And Arsenal saw that firsthand. I mean, that the 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 pressure, the waves of pressure they just threw on you was relentless. Yeah. So the the last two times we played them, obviously in the Community Shield and in the Premier League at the end of last season, we beat them. Um, that being said, it was essentially a team without a preseason at all right. uh, in the Community Shield. And then they had already won the title and didn't give a fuck and made it very obvious they didn't give a fuck right. uh, when we played them at the tail end of the Premier League. However, they still had 70% possession, you know, whatever, and they still came at us, but they were off. Today, they did miss a fair few chances today. Oh, yeah. I've already discussed it. I think the handball was bullshit. I think they probably should have escaped with a 2-1 win. Yeah, because then but, I'd be in second place and not tied for second place. Thanks, fucking VAR. Thank you. The the difference is, is we didn't get our ass kicked. We had chances, even with what they scored, right? Even with that, Alexandre Lacazette was put in twice, one-on-one with Allison and fucked up both after the first goal. The other thing, the, we, we've talked about it from the youth level up. You're always taught hard five minutes right after you score. Yep. Hard five minutes, because most uh, <clears throat> reply goals are scored within the first five minutes after you yourself score. You and that's exactly and what happened right three back. fucking minutes later. That's the right back. That's the really annoying, worrying part for me is they let it go so quickly after taking the lead. You talk now, about strange decisions in the uh-huh. lineup. El Nenny instead of Ceballos, I found to be to be weird. Right. And then David Luiz being or uh, Gabriel being dropped for David Luiz. 
Uh, also, very strange to me. I, I don't understand why that was, and I think it cost us a little bit today. I think it was uh, Arteta maybe tinkering a little too much, mm-hmm. uh, maybe trying to protect players. There's been a lot of football recently um, coming back. Yeah, because everybody's played League Cup. That's something we haven't talked about. We have but another- every single team has played League Cup every Tuesday or Wednesday yep. immediately after the weekend. Spurs matches. had four games in nine days that they're about to finish up with. Yep. It's insane. Yeah. And we have a league cup tie uh, on Thursday against Liverpool. Yeah. So we'll see what we've really learned, but I imagine both teams will probably be playing kids. A lot of kids. But I think that being said, I think he rested Gabriel to play in the league cup. Okay. Because I think Arteta fancies these cup competitions because the league is so good. You can't guarantee yourself top four anymore. Like you used to be able to. Right. I think he sees this as an opportunity to guarantee European football and he's going to take every cup seriously. Yeah. He has to be encouraged. I'm sorry. Encouraged to see that both Chelsea and Man U aren't off to stellar starts, but then Everton, Everton and Leicester are off to fucking banging starts. Off to flyers. Yeah. So, so you, you're right. You can't, think fourth is a guarantee that just absolutely it's not the case so win a cup competition make sure you're in europe absolutely guarantee I, europe I, by winning a by winning a cup yep and I, arsenal traditionally are just a very good cup team now the league cup we've always sucked in but we're obviously the record fa cup holders now i, so, I do have a question for you here um as i hand you your shot of malort and as we have new listeners just want to let you know uh we all three made a gentleman's and ladies agreement that whenever our sides lost, we would do a shot of Malort. And Malort is widely considered the world's worst tasting alcohol. I uh, feel I poignantly describe it as if earwax threw up. Yeah, I think that's pretty much spot on what it tastes like. Despite the fact that you are about to have to take a shot of Malort, we talked about West Brom learning a lot from their draw to Chelsea. What you learned in this match is leaps and bounds over what West Brom learned against Chelsea. This was big. You didn't get your asses whooped. No. You normally go there and you get your asses whooped. Last few seasons, yeah. You get worked and you didn't. You stuck in. You had chances. There were enough chances for you to tie that match. Absolutely. I mean, Liverpool, take nothing away from it. Liverpool looked fantastic. No, 100%. They looked really, really good. But at the same token, we look more organized. Yeah. And the, the other thing, like I said, had the handball been called correctly, as it was the rest of the weekend, supposedly, right? If it right. was called consistently, where that would have been a handball, and Lacazette takes those two chances, we win 3-2. Well, now, remember, his arm was against his side, so the handball rule doesn't oh, apply and there because his arm was And if William remembered, he also had defensive responsibilities and followed uh, that Andy probably Robertson. Helps. Yeah, that, that probably helped. helps. Oh, though. and if Bellerin remembered, remembered he was actually a defender first and followed his runner, uh, Sadio Mane, uh, for the opener... He may have been able to head away well, uh, from Burt Leno's parry. Well, Bellerin also uh, also decided he was a wing back that wanted to play center back on Robertson's goal as well. Yeah. He just randomly ran into the middle for no good reason. Yeah. Well, he had Mane in there with him. Right. Willian started. You could see him enter the picture and looking straight at the ball. And as soon as he turns his head, Willian turns his head. Robertson steals in all alone into the box. All right. Let's so, do this shot. Anyway, here is my shot of Malort for losing uh, for the first time this season, the first one of us that needs to do one because, Mel, you're 2-0, and right? And, Sam, you all are 3-0. and Second place, thank uh, you. Which is terribly unfortunate. Uh, Arsenal were the first to lose, so I'm the first one to do a shot of Malort. Here we go. We're winning the domestic treble. 
Just telling you that as you do your shout on the Lord. It's like an old friend, isn't it? No. It's like <laughs> an old kick in the nuts. It's time to tell you what little we know it is prediction time. Your boy is back to winning ways. The chicken lost her opening too. Pat has already begun his full-blown spiral out of control, and Graham is back to being a shitty better. Kicked in the nuts at the end of your parlay, but you still find yourself up 157. What do you got for us this week, Sammy? Oh, I'm doing that first. Well, feed a couple losers. I was going to feed the couple losers first. Uh, So I said my bet got spursed (laughs) uh, is what I'm putting in there. Uh, And the other piece I had to do was um, mugs within mugs. And this is goes in our special mug <laughs> uh, for Jose. Very Jose. Very Jose of you. Yes. Uh, so this week, um, again, I'm going to take, I'm, this time, no, just hear me out. Okay. I'm going to take a three-part parlay. Arsenal over Sheffield United. And he's back, boys. Listen, listen. It should be standard stuff, right? I've taken a parlay every time this season, every week. Arsenal over Sheffield United. We're playing at the Emirates. Wolves to take care of Fulham at the Molyneux, which should be, uh, be fairly simple, and Leicester to beat West Ham. Okay. And if any iteration of Leicester that played this past uh, week shows up against um, against West Ham, West Ham should just deserve to be automatically relegated <laughs> <laughs> because I think it'll be a 7 8 nothing sort of affair. Uh, if oh, they're, really? If they're in that sort of blistering form... They put five up on City. Yeah, it's true. Legit, f- five legitimate goals. The penalties were legitimate penalties. I, I think if not having uh, taken them out and become penalties, they would have scored those goals anyway. All right, so who are your three again? You got uh, Arsenal Arsenal's. to beat Sheffield United, Wolves to take care of Fulham, and Leicester to win against West Ham. And the idiots at us.888sport.com gave me plus 301. Wow. Well, I got plus 300 on uh, Rashalison to score with an Everton win. So right. when when the odds are good, you just got to fucking take it, right? You got to do it. And so I, heavy favorites in all three, sure, admittedly. But at Indi- plus 301, I they would have not. all been risk like 200 to win 100. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very nice. Very nice. All right. So Pat and Chelsea ran out of time on uh, the big comeback. And Pat now risked big and finds himself down. $368. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's pick it a week. Grasping for blind luck. Well, I'll start off. Buck Chelsea. Okay. So I got that out of my system uh, this week because I'm down. I guess it's time to start parlaying to minimize the risk on favorites and minimize my winnings. I mean, oh, and maximize my winnings. Sorry. I said the wrong thing. Freudian slip. So I'll do a very simple parlay. Man City is minus one and a half goals against Leeds, so they need to win by two. And Tottenham is plus a half a goal uh, at minus 117 against Manchester United. On a $100 bet, that will pay him 377 and get him back down to around even, even again. Fucking Chelsea, talk to you next week. <laughs> yeah, he does not like betting on Chelsea, and he nope. did, and they fucked him. They fucked him good and proper. Yep. You know, Sam, first win of the year always tastes a little sweeter, especially when the when the bet I made was the only successful part of your parlay. Kind of <laughs> makes me feel even better. So now I'm up a hundred bucks. 
Big Sam's Lock of the Week. Sam, 33% of the time, it works 100% of the time. I'm back, baby. I'm still up, though, on everyone. That's fine. (laughs) Very simple. I'm just picking a winner. Like you were talking about great odds. Spurs to beat Man U, plus 290. That's not bad. Man U shite. And but here's the caveat, man. You benefits from VAR frequently. They Spurs do. do not. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So I, I smell a 97th minute disappointment. Uh, 97th minute winner disappointment for you. Uh, yeah, and you notice I don't laugh at you when you get tongue twisted for uh, a here, moment. No, you like just call you. it out very... Be- because I'm a better human being than Here's you are. Here's the thing. I call it out and people laugh at it. You call it out and they fall asleep. I'm a better human being <laughs> than you are. Now, that was a damn fine segment, Sam. But we try to give you more at the DU Football Show. Boys and girls, we give you Kitty the Chicken. All right, so Kitty was a little moody today after missing her bet with Liverpool's win. And she's also starting to molt. So she's kind of in a bad space. Losing feathers. There's feathers everywhere up there. Now, this week, I gave Kitty a Lester hosting West Ham. Uh oh. Now, Kitty immediately pulled up a face swap video. You know what those are, Graham? Yes. All right. Uh, this one was from that famous I Wish I Knew How to Quit You scene from Brokeback Mountain. Okay. Oh, you haven't seen it? No. Oh, it's pretty much uh, I Wish I Knew How to Quit You. That's the. Oh, uh, let me see how he is with it. I Wish I Knew How to Quit You. It's pretty close. Yeah, it was pretty All good. Right. Um, now, her face was on Jake Gyllenhaal. Who's the one that says that line. Right. And Jamie Vardy's, I'm sorry, Jamie Effen Vardy's face was on Heath Ledger's. Okay. So she knows, she knows, she knows it's wrong, but she just can't quite quit Jamie. And uh, that's why she's picking the Foxes to win this week. There we go. There we are. All right. She She still loves her boo. What can we say? Well, everybody, always remember to please gamble legally and responsibly. All right. So here we go knee deep into our fantasy. We're now three weeks in, obviously. Um, uh, Elliot over me, 3027. Allen over Keith, 3718. Kenneth getting stomped on by Ray, uh, uh, 40 to 17. Um, Taylor slash Kitty winning 56 to 40 over Russ. Both teams would have beat what? most people this week. Yeah, that's crazy. Alberto uh, losing narrowly 36 41 against Smokey. Uh, Rob beating uh, Lindsay. Uh, and then Houston uh, working out uh, Dave Geckel. So, Elliot, congratulations. You're the first one to beat me this year, my friend. That sees. And I will be the next next week. This sees Allen top the table. Uh, with a plus 109 and being 3-0. and And uh, maybe West Ham should hire Smokey because those he's uh, 3-0 and also with a plus 105. Only two undefeated teams left. All of us, essentially, from third to seventh, not essentially, we are, all 2-0-1. And then we've got a fair amount of 1-0-2s. And then FC Mouth Breathers, uh, our boy Russ's team, pulling up the caboose with a uh, plus 72 
at O O and three. I'd like to quote Russ by uh, him saying, "Hey, look, I'm at the bottom of the table. I got number one on the waiver wire. I got it. I'm going to be winning this week. It's going to go great." I just want to point out that his me, guy promptly doesn't play. Me and the yeah. chicken have drafted a better team than Russ did. Yes. Oh, and by the way, Kitty sent a request. When you guys do talk about Vardy, you need to now refer to him as DU draft number one pick. Jamie, <laughs> Jamie F. F. and Vardy. Gotcha. Got I, I do want to mention real quick to, to Elliot, had we not shipped th- three goals, I would have won. Heard. Or had John McGinn not had one of his two assists, I would have won. He beat me by three. McGinn had two assists. <laughs> uh, so if that happened, if, if he didn't do that, I would have won. And then also, Bellerin scored me zero. Uh, Peter scored me zero because they gave up. Uh, or no, he didn't play. And Rob Holding only scored me a point. Allison only scored me two because Lacazette got that goal. I'm just going to do what you did to me last week. You lost, so shut up. <laughs> I, are you saying he got screwed by the whoop, whoop, spinny thing? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. 100%. All right. Well, that uh, about wraps it up, boys and girls. Uh, Sammy, any parting words? I thought I would finish with a couple of fun facts. Okay, fun um, facts. I don't know if you saw... But referee Craig Paulson is either an Arsenal fan or just really appreciates easy opportunities as he rude Lacazette's uh, dink that went straight into the chest of Allison, much like Mike Dean celebrated playing the advantage in Tottenham scoring against us. <laughs> uh, if you remember that a few years ago, uh, Craig Paulson can be seen at the top of the box as La- as Allison gathers head back going ah <laughs> into, the, into the air. Very fucking funny. Uh, our boy Derek um, that played with us indoor, mm-hmm. Derek Howard, uh, brought that to my attention. Fabulous. On, on the old interwebs. Um, and then uh, next fun fact, this was the first time in Pep's career as a manager mm-hmm. uh, in over 650 games. I think it was 687 was the exact number, but I didn't write it down, so I don't want to say that. Uh, has shipped five goals. Pretty fun fact. Also, Newcastle has more points on the board than they do shots on target this season. <laughs> Another course, fun fact. Of course they do. And finally, uh, what's his title? DU uh, Fantasy Draft number one pick, Jamie F. and Vardy. Uh, we figured out after this last performance that he's actually a soul eater from Harry Potter and the way that he feeds on people's misery and fear and then takes their soul before flying away. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I would say allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Well, that's going to uh, wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining us. Next up is Injury Time, which is where we talk about the beers we're drinking and preview next week's show. Sam, if you wanted to find uh, Injury Time, how would you go about doing that? I was going to say, that was the other fun fact. Do you all know about um, the Michelin Man? No. Damn it, I actually wrote this, too. Do you know about the Michelin Man? No. Well, I told you about it. I do, because I was there for Soundcheck. I told you about it on Soundcheck. And fun Uh fact, you can find them uh, and all of our extra content at www.patreon.com backslash dfootballshow. And uh, you can find all that there with three available tiers of uh, payment. Not your best work. No, it's annoying, because I actually fucking wrote it, and then I got mad at myself. I forgot, and then I couldn't read it properly. Not your best work. You've done better. (laughs) You disappointed me, Sam. You disappointed me. Okay. Till next week, everybody. Pip, pip, cheerio. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right, yay, yay, the fucking Gooner Graham. Snow the Lord. 
straight and short. Sam Grammy. Sam Graham. Hit the fucking new button!